Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. And welcome to episode 297 of the AFTN podcast. I am perpetual benchwarmer Joe DC. And I'm joined by tall as a tree, it's Nicholas Ruprecht. Yeah, greetings. Um, no update on the Richmond um, soccer second division this week because I wasn't able to play last game. So we might add in a new section, Nick, for that. Just for your own ego. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Opening question. If you had to inspire the Whitecaps with a motivational motivational movie down the stretch, what would you make them watch, Nick? Um, I, would, I would... You know, there's a lot of good motivational movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of good motivational sports movies. Yes. Um, too many, one would say. Too many. You, yeah. know, uh, any, you know, any given Sunday... Uh, I was talking about, and there's yeah. that the one about the Danish football team winning the Euro. Yeah, um, your most interesting suggestion. But was? my suggestion is Whiplash. Okay. <laughs> if they don't do well, the beatings will continue. Yeah, <laughs> it's more analogous than <laughs> than a direct uh, description of what's happening. Um, I would go with. There's several options. Um, you mentioned Babe earlier, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, the goal movies are are quite. Quite an inspiring uh, the big movie. Green. The Big Green, yes. Coach Carter is what I'm yeah. going to go Ooh, with. Because someone actually coaching a team can lead to great things. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> and we'll just leave that at that, I think. Um, part one, complete the sentences. I feel blank about the game this weekend. Scared. Dread, that's me. Scared. <laughs> um, blank will be a key player in the playoff run-in. Tybert. Okay, interesting. I went for Davies because... Yeah, I mean, that's the obvious choice. The obvious choice. Yeah. Um, I think the Caps will blank the playoffs. Not make the playoffs. I'm sticking with make the playoffs. Sticking with make. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm watching that uh, chance. The percentage thing. Can you explain something to me? Yeah. How come the Galaxy, right? Mm -hmm. They're, what, like a couple of points behind the Whitecaps right now? Maybe not even a couple. Um, Mm -hmm. Like... And how, why is their percentage? I, last time I checked, it was fourteen percent. They're th- they're two points behind the Whitecaps. I think it's because of the difficulty of the schedule. They take that into account. They take that okay. into account. So if you end up playing a lot of teams that are going to be already not making the playoffs mm. or are below you, uh, you okay. have a better 
you know, chance guess, of There's it. several factors. Like, the Caps have a game in hand on the Galaxy, mm-hmm. who are one place behind the White Caps, as I said. Mm-hmm. The um, Galaxy haven't won in their last five. And that's just what I can see in front of me here. Yeah. So maybe it it's accumulation just, of that. It could it could be. And I, I mean, it also could be they're taking into account MLS secret cabal of <laughs> Yeah, they might have an a inside. A larger market. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the caps are what, 40-something percent? 30%. 30%. That's okay. what it said. Huh. That's not terrible. It's not terrible. I mean, that's basically the amount, the chance that Donald Trump had to get elected. Oh. <laughs> Good God, <laughs> so many ways we could go from there. Um, that being said, this game has direct playoff implications, right? Seattle Sounders have one game in hand on the Whitecaps and are one point ahead. Nick, this game, like, it's more than a three points, right? Uh, well, yeah. First, Firstly, if you win this game, that's points taken away from them. And also, their game in hand is effectively wiped out. Like if, if but if they win that other game, you know we're yeah. back where we started. But mm-hmm. the game in hand, like that that card that they hold on to, is effectively gone if we win. It's this a little game. bit neutralized, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you still have to do the work and mm-hmm. play the other games. And it's, I mean, it's still out of the Whitecaps' hands if they lose, yeah, or if, if they win this game, yeah, right. Like that's the annoying thing. But but you have a better obviously if you win you have a better chance of making them playoffs. Yes. That that much is pretty obvious. <laughs> That's pretty obvious, yeah. right? And I mean there's also Cascadia Cup. Yes. Which is still uh still up for grabs. Yeah. On on the Sunday show before this one, uh, I I was on the show and the guys were discussing does the Cascadia Cup matter in a season like this? Hmm. What do you think? I think my personal opinion, it always matters. Yeah. I think it always matter. It doesn't matter whether the season is good. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter whether the season is terrible. This is a trophy that you should be trying to win for supporters. Yeah, but where does it rank on the list of like competitions? For me, it's like a minor trophy, but it's still a trophy and it's still important mm. because it's a community made yeah trophy yeah. and That's in some way. That's why it's important. It's not a trophy handed down from Don. <laughs> no, King Don. Yeah. Um, before we start, about, we start talking about trophies, though. We have a formidable Seattle team in yeah. the way. They're eight games on eight-game winning streak. That's not. Yeah. That's not even undefeated. That's an eight-game winning, winning streak. streak. Yeah. But the Caps have had form for being trend stoppers, right? Yeah. Um, it was Portland before, right? The, yeah. There was that trend, that streak that they were on. It's. You, I'm not confident, though, are you? It's a home oh, game no. for the Whitecaps. I am definitely not confident. <laughs> um, I mean, the Seattle looks scary. It's amazing I that mean, despite this winning the, streak, they're they're where they are in the standings, right? They're only just in the playoffs. Well, that's picture. because their, their start earlier was, season was yeah. just as bad as this winning streak. Yeah, yeah. well, they were getting used to a new the new... Oh, no, the new coach was Portland. I always get that mixed up. But yeah, it's still Brian Smeltzer. Yeah. Um, he... Looks like doesn't look like a very motivational person, but whatever he's doing is is definitely working. Well, I think they've set up really well. I mean, they don't necessarily have. If you look at the stats, they don't have like tons of possession. No, but the possession that they do have, they use it very intelligently with their passing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they average around forty nine percent possession. Yeah, in the game which isn't like a lot. No, and but, it, that's skewed by their earlier season. Results. I, I like. I would be curious to see. Well, actually, now 
I, I think when I was looking at it, their percent percent possession is lower. Oh, okay. But you have to consider the game state as well. Yeah. Because usually they're leading. Yeah. So the other team is trying to score. So they're so, going down. Like they're so going they're, more direct than... So they're... Yeah. Well, it's not that they're going more direct. It's that they don't have the ball because the other team has the ball trying to score. Yeah. So, you know, you have to take that into account. But when they when they do have possession, I mean, pretty much everybody on that team can pass really well. Yeah. Or at least decent. I think Matt Doyle pointed that out. Mm-hmm. Um, you actually stole analysis from yeah. Matt Doyle. Um, their last game, they beat Kansas 3-1. Just another result mm-hmm. that really, like, shrinks that this part of the of the conference of the western conference yeah. right so like seattle got 3 points closer to kansas who started the season great and you know they're still still flying very high but they like make the they they will probably most likely make the playoffs um, they're like but seattle are only 7 points behind kansas that's probably like uncatchable at this point of the season but yeah, you never know you never know yeah I mean, um, and Seattle Dallas, do have a game in hand I mean, too there was that fantastic collapse of dallas i think that it, that started earlier that's true, but year. it was still a fantastic. It class. was, it was, for um, sure. And it just proves the wild, wild west is exactly what it is. Yeah, um, that that game that Seattle played uh, last week, um, a three-one win. Rui Diaz, their new striker, mm-hmm. uh, Azuzi own goal, and Ladero. So, like, R- Ladero is kind of a known threat Quantity. at this point, right? Yeah. He's he's in the mm-hmm. hole. The main chance creator. Yeah, the way he g- grabs the ball and turns, right? Yeah, it's just scary. And his passing. Yeah, through like balls. He kill yeah. you with so many different passes. I think I was looking at, like for the last game, I think Seattle's 5.5% of Seattle's possession went through him. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. And the thing is, it's effective because he has people to pass to, right? Yeah. Rui Diaz is a very good threat. But if you look on the flanks... There's these seasoned MLS players, right? Mm-hmm. Reliable is like the name of the game. Harry Ship and yeah. uh, and Roldan, yeah. uh, Christian Roldan, his brothers on the bench, usually on the bench. Uh, like those are reliable players. Like Harry Ship was at one point, you know, a, a phenom in MLS, yeah. right? But he's he's stabilized into like a decent. He's a decent player. Player yeah. and yeah, I mean he can. He he still has flashes of creativity, that's for sure. Yeah, he drifts in. He's not afraid to go wide. Mm-hmm. I think he's a coach's dream, right? He just gets down to it, and he works very hard. I like. I really liked Harry Ship, especially when he was with Chicago's, where he started, right? Then he went to Montreal from wherever he was, yeah. and then uh, then he ended up yeah, in Seattle. Strong. Yeah, because he had uh, he his Twitter account used to be at Championship. <laughs> it was really funny. He used to be like a personality back. Back in the day, but you know he's grown a little bit older. He's twenty six. He's not not so ancient old. or anything. Yeah. So that attacking core is quite formidable, mm-hmm. and they are made even more formidable by the defense, or I guess the defense's yes. midfield pairing. Well, and the defense is quite good. Too. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to the defense, but, but yeah, the defensive midfield pairing. I mean, you have Ozzy Alonso, who's just a bastard the, to play against. Well, are I mean, arguably one of the best. DMs in MLS right now. I would only take Will Trap would be the only one I would take. Yeah, Will Trap. He's just more functional, I think. Like Alonso covers a lot of ground and like gets him on the tackles, mm-hmm. but Will Trap is like is that but can pass as well. Mm. Like just a little bit better. I'm not. Mm. It's it's unfair to compare like two players like that. Like they're both. Yeah, great. I would say Ozzy Alonso is more like destroyer. Yes, which you need on a creative back. team. Um, like France wouldn't have won the World Cup without N'Golo Kante. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
And then the the other, speaking of the World Cup, the other central midfielder is uh, Gustav Svensson. Mm-hmm. So, like, he is the more attacking of the two, I would say. Yeah. Um, and, like, Alonso just makes sure everyone's in place for when the ball is lost. Yeah. Not that he's not capable of hurting you in, the, in, in yeah, your half either. Yeah, he scores goals and he can make some nice passes as well. Yeah. Like, that front five is just... If, if that's the front five that Whitecaps will play next weekend... Yeah, just, it's a tough, tall order, yeah. for sure. Like, player to player, you know, it's hard to say the Whitecap win, win more than half. Like, individual battles? Yeah. Yeah, and maybe that's, you know, speaking a little bit early, but maybe that's going to be the Whitecaps' plan. Bypass the midfield? You know, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the Whitecaps' style. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, it's true. Um, last week, Chad Marshall got a red card. I don't know if you saw the tackle, Nick. Uh, I watched their review of it yeah and uh i thought it was actually a red card um like the way he stepped into the defender's shin i know like you had to kind of slow it down a lot to see it and i can understand why some people were kind of annoyed by it but based on the evidence of the video i thought it was a red card but disco decided otherwise oh yeah disco decided otherwise um but yeah i think i could see it going either way i'm just surprised it was rescinded do you, do you think there's a, if we get our tinfoil hats on, there's a pro-Seattle... Uh, uh, maybe. I, I don't think so, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's look at some stats. We, we do love some stats. Mm-hmm. Um, Ladero and Bruin, seven goals for Ladero, six goals for Bruin. Bruin wow. surprises me. Yeah, that surprised Bruin. Because he's more of a... I mean, but then he's always been very functional in the yeah, MLS. He's a target man, and, yeah. but he can also... You know, do a bit of interchange and things like that. Yeah. Um, but Rui Diaz has taken over the... The front. The, yeah, the front man kind of a role. But he's totally different than yes. Paul Bruin. Yes, Bruin is very... Banger. Yeah. You know, he'll push you around. And just all game, he'll batter you yeah. until, like, until you and Diaz can't deal with it anymore. Diaz, it, it, from the little I've seen of Diaz, he is more technical. And it's a lot more about, like, through balls. That might and just him, be the small sample I've seen. Balls? Yeah, yeah. He's got three goals in, yeah. in seven assists, or seven appearances, I mean, I but say. then I, I guess that's not really the return that Seattle would want. No. Well, okay, here's a comparison for those for the for then, Bruin yeah. and Rudy Diaz. Bruin wins one aerial a game. Okay. We're spoiled with Kamara, who wins yeah. like four or five. Yeah. Rudy Diaz wins half. Okay. Half of aerial a game. So every two games, he wins one aerial battle. Mm-hmm. So that tells you more about what kind of a player he, player is. he is. And yeah. actually, I thought Bruin's number would be higher, personally. Here, if you're Schmetzer, what do you th- which one do you think would do better against, against the Whitecaps? Definitely Rui Diaz. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, don't, I think if you put Bruin in there... I mean, you have Waston, Henry, and Mond. Yeah. And all of them are pretty physical. physical yeah. Um, Whereas Mond and Henry could be got at if the ball is on the deck, especially yeah. with Led- if Ladero is running at any of any of those three, I would say from deep, yeah, yeah. from deeper, yeah, yeah, I would say that becomes a a much bigger problem. Yeah, it's a four-two-three-one usually for um, for Seattle. I think that really gets the best out of their front, you know, five. Yeah, and it's more allows them to. I think it gives them as well a solid kind of. Like we were talking a little bit about Ozzy Alonso, you know, not going forward, but I think as well their their fullbacks can then help yeah. out as well. Leerdam and um, 
Brad Smith is just came in from Liverpool. Okay. Um, he he's on loan from from Liverpool. Hmm. Uh, he's looked pretty good. He had an injury right after his first game, but I'm pretty sure he's back back at it now. Um, a really good signing. Like mm-hmm. I don't like I the loan system does not seem to be you know used like Properly with full effect by the MLS, right? Yeah. Like how many loans can you think of that have like really worked? Like have, yeah. or have or even you know have been alone and then turned into a transfer. Mm-hmm. We have one here. It was uh, Nicholas Mesquita. Yeah. Um, him and Sebastian Fernandez were loaned at the same time with option to buy it, right? Yeah. That's usually how it goes. But yeah, um, Smith played last game. He had an assist. Um, Lear Dam's on the other side. But this, uh, I know you wanted to talk about the centre-back pairing, Nick. So Chad Marshall yeah. and uh, Kim Kee-hee. Yeah, I think that is not necessarily the best centre-back pairing in the MLS, but... It's a really good center back pairing. Chad Marshall can physically out battle. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I I would say him going against Kai Kamara is a good. That's going to be a good key battle to watch, especially if the Whitecaps play how I would think they would want to play. Yeah, and then Kim is very good on the ball. Yeah, like fantastic, and he has very good sense of. He is snuffing out dangers before mm-hmm. it's happening. So even though maybe he's not on the same level as a physical presence as Chad Marshall, yeah, he's there. They have a very good chemistry together, and they kind of balance each other out. Yeah, they they complement each other very, very well. well. Yeah, um, yeah. Like Kim Kihi isn't a spring chicken either. He's twenty nine. Yeah. Chad Marshall is thirty four. It's not a long term center back pairing. I don't think. Just based on Chad Marshall's age, but Kim has been a great pickup for them. Oh yeah, I, some sure. time to settle. It took him a little bit of time to settle down, but, but once, once he settled, like he, it doesn't. He's not made many mistakes after no. that. Um, more of a general question: How would you describe Seattle's team style? I think during this run, I think it's very patient. Um, they use their skills well. Mm-hmm. And they make a lot of smart runs off the ball. Like, look at the people that they have up front. Ship can pass. Yeah. Rio Diaz can pass. Ladero obviously can yeah. just, like, mind-bending passes. <laughs> Roldan can do that, Roldan too. Roldan can do that, too. Yeah. You know, they're making use of their greatest skill is their passing, and then everybody can run. So I think that they're they're very patient. They're very passing oriented style and even though they're not getting tons of possession based on the stats i think what they do with their possession is very um they're very smart about what they're doing yeah and they're using those passes they're making runs to get those passes going so i think that's what kind of a team they have become Perhaps I don't think at the beginning of the year they really had any idea what they wanted to do. Yeah, <laughs> but like it's interesting if we look at the last two seasons ish, mm-hmm. two and a half seasons of of Seattle, right? Like they've made the MLS Cup final twice. Twice, yeah. Under the same coach, yeah, right, and are you know pretty much on track to make the playoffs after you know a third season at a club is when things start yeah. to get kind of you know everyone jokes about Jose Mourinho's third season syndrome, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Smelter has brought something Different. to that team. Like he, he's kind of a goofy guy, right? You see him on the sideline, and he looks like he looks like a librarian, not a football <laughs> coach. But like he he's changed that team. He's successfully evolved that team. Mm-hmm. I would say. I would say he's also very good at 
reacting to what is going on. Yeah. You know, because he realized the season wasn't going anywhere. And he took a risk, made a change, Mm -hmm. and realized, well, what kind of players do I have? I think maybe he's more of that kind of a coach. And he also transitioned away from the the leaning on Clint Dempsey. Yeah. A big part of that was acquiring Ladero and Rui Diaz and, you know, Bruin. Bruin turned into a better option. people from the academy as well. Yeah. Like, and two things, two final things I'll say on Seattle. They're a team that, A, rises to the occasion, which is why I'm not looking forward to seeing them against the Whitecaps. And B, they just get the job done. Yeah, like Eight games in a row is not a fluke, right? They are peaking maybe a little bit early, but it's this form is coming at a really, really good, good time. time for them. Yeah. yeah. And they're playing key people now, you know? Yeah. Like, I think we spoke before about how the MLS schedule puts more of your same conference matches towards the end of the season mm-hmm. um, in order to create, you know... Tension. Yeah. Drama. Exactly. Excitement. And, like, picture it from a Seattle point of view. If they win this game... They are, and, and they win their game in hand. Yeah, they're, they're, they're seven fine. points ahead. And I think that really sinks yeah. the Whitecaps, for yeah. sure. So, we kind of arrived at this by accident, but this game is so big for the Whitecaps. Yeah. It's a possible seven-point gap with not many <laughs> games to go, you know? Yeah. Like, that's not, against, and chasing a team that's so in form, it's scary. Yeah. Um, but we'll talk, I think, after the game is a better time to talk about, like, you know, targeting teams and targeting results and things like that. Okay. Um, but now, Nick, it's time for this week's special version of Do You Know Who I Am? Okay. Okay, Nick, do you know who I am? Um, Every week I try and change it a bit to keep it interesting. Okay, so this week what's going to happen is I'm going to say the name of a person, followed by two possible descriptions for that person. Okay. Um, we talked about a little bit about movies earlier, so I'm going to talk. I'm going to say, oh, the name of an actor or the mm-hmm. name of an MLS person who was drafted, and you're. I'm going to say, oh, he was in this movie or he played for that team and went on to do this, and you have to tell me which one is which. Okay. okay. So it's either so, actor. Yeah. Or, or MLS, MLS drafty. drafty. Um, okay. So, for example, if I said Mickey Rooney okay. was a legendary comedian or a uh, backup goalie for Seattle Sounders, you would say... I, I think he was a legendary comedian. <laughs> yeah. And Wayne Rooney was uh, Jeff in Love Actually or <laughs> DC United Star Striker. Oh, definitely Jeff in Love Actually. Yeah, he wasn't actually drafted, so that was actually a bad, bad uh, <laughs> example. But the Rooney thing was the joke. Okay, Nick, Lee Arnenberg was he Pintel in Pirates of the Caribbean or Swedish American striker who was drafted second overall by Minnesota United in 2017, who eventually played for the Ger- in the German third division. I. I definitely think he sounds like a Swedish football player. He was actually Pintel in Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, <laughs> um, sounds such a, yeah. such a Swedish football player name. Chance Myers, was he Rictus in Mad Max Fury Road? Or SKC 2008 first overall pick who made more than 10 appearances for the team? I, I think that was an SKC pick. Yep, he actually made more than yeah. 100 appearances for the team. Okay. Uh, Troy Roberts, was he the main alien in Alien? Or... Eighth pick in 2005 for the Galaxy, who only scored two goals. Uh, I believe he was the eighth pick. <laughs> he was. He's actually a defender, so two goals is not that bad. Um, Jonathan Aris, was he sen- Senator Jebel in Rogue One? 
or a second-round Chicago pick in 2005 who went unsigned without a single appearance? Uh, definitely a senator. Yes, he was. One. Do you actually know that? Actually? <laughs> okay. I, yeah. Um, Charlie Rugg, was he Private Jackson in Save It Priving Ryan? Or was he Galaxy first-round pick in 2013 who made four appearances for the first team? That sounds like a Galaxy pick. It is a Galaxy yeah, that pick. That sounds like a Galaxy You've pick. You've only gotten Whatever two wrongs so far, I think. Which is I know bad. my minor <laughs> Minor <actors>. roles. <laughs> um, <laughs> James Cosmo, was he Gior Mormont in Game of Thrones or undrafted Canadian fan- defender who is now with Indy 11? James Cosmo. Wow. That's a that's a name. Yeah. Um, I didn't say he was in Game of Thrones. He was in Game of Thrones. Um, Vern Troyer, was he mini-me in Austin Powers or FC Dallas graduate who played nine minutes this season? Uh, I think he was mini-me. He was mini-me. Yeah. You're doing really well. Um, Colton Storm, was he Iceman in X-Men The Last Stand or SKC 2017 pick now playing in the USL affiliate? That definitely, you know, that sounds like a pick Peter Vermees would (laughs) It was, oh my god. (laughs) You're killing this game. Last one. Jamie Wayless, was he Crab in Harry Potter or Union third round pick in 2011 who scored three goals in preseason but was not signed by the team? I'm going to go with Union pick. He was Crab in Harry Potter. (laughs) You, much like Seattle, were on an ace uh, actor streak. (laughs) Fantastic. Well done, Nick. That was this week's Do You Know Who I Am? Congratulations, Nick. That was yeah. quite impressive. That was probably my best, do you know who yeah, I am? Yeah, unfortunately those points won't go towards it's your... Anything, yeah, yeah, they don't go anywhere. Um, I only do well in friendlies. <laughs> oh, um, we've had a week off from Whitecaps. Mm-hmm. Week off from, like, all football if you don't watch the Nations League or anything like that. Nations League with Canada. Props yeah, Canada. I was talking about the European Nations League. <laughs> Canada did play very well. Yeah. yeah very good. Four, I mean, four Whitecaps featured or something? Uh, yeah. Or called up, I called guess. Up. Yeah. Your outlook now, I know we kind of got depressed a little bit talking about how good Seattle are, but mm-hmm. your outlook about the Caps playoff chances after, after you know, a weekend off. A weekend off? I think it's one of those things where I hope they don't let up. You know, mentally, I guess as a fan, it's always worrying after a break. Mm-hmm. And the Caps have been building some quite good rhythm. I mean, in the last... Is it, is it because you don't know what's, what to expect? Yeah, and it's kind of like the Caps have been building a good rhythm. They haven't lost a game in five games. Definitely the last five games they have not lost. So, I mean, they're building a good kind of rapport. I'm hoping that you could carry that form forward. Mm -hmm. And then you have this break. Yeah. And a bad time. Kind of a... They're they're without defeat in six. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I agree. The break kind of came at a bad time. But positives... You know, get your energy back. Uh, For the final push. Yeah. But the thing is, though, international call-ups might play, might play a part. Like, some yeah. players didn't actually get a rest, you know. Yeah. The Canadian guys, that, that game against the U.S. Virgin Islands was probably a break, right? But I don't know if you know how long Kai Kamara had to travel to get to his international game. How long? It was, I, I was following where him on he, Instagram. He? he was back in Sierra Leone. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, um, that would be a long flight. I think, He'd probably I, have to go to London. I think he had two games. Go. He was in, I think it was in Ethiopia or something. And mm-hmm. but he he, went, he had to go to Germany and then all the way back to yeah, somewhere in Europe and then yeah. down to Africa. Like yeah. he was traveling forever, and it, on his Instagram story, you could see that he was getting tired. Like I think there was some problems with delayed flights and things like mm-hmm. that, as there always is, right? But it's hard not to look at this game coming up yeah. this Saturday as the biggest game of the season. I would agree with that. We kind of touched on the reasons why. Yeah. The well, point. It has to do with the points. Yeah, let's let's look at the outcomes, right? I, we've kind of touched on each outcome individually, but let's look at them grouped together, right? Mm-hmm. A win will bring the Whitecaps ahead of Seattle with Seattle having one game in mm-hmm. hand, okay? So a win will put the Whitecaps in the playoffs, yeah. in the playoff bracket. Like, they won't qualify for the playoffs, no. but they'll be above the playoff line, right? Yeah. A draw keeps everything constant, but a Galaxy win will... will kind of push them yeah. down. Well, well, the a galaxy win will actually push the Whitecaps down because the goal difference. The yeah. Whitecaps have terrible goal difference, and then a Seattle win, and it looks like the Whitecaps have a better chance catching Real Salt Lake than Portland. Well, Real Salt Seattle. Lake has been on fire too. Yeah, I'm they not, dropped they are six not... on Galaxy, and then they yeah. dropped another six on um, who was it? Colorado. They're as dropping. Well. They're dropping sixes everywhere. Yeah, but um. It's not looking... Like, if they lose, it really is not good, right? Yes. Um, it's not a, good stand, yeah. for sure. Um, and the Whitecaps have only won one of their last six games against Seattle. Mm-hmm. I can think of some of the most disappointing games, Whitecaps games I've ever been to were Seattle-Vancouver games. Some of them were Portland-Vancouver games. Mm. These are, like, you know... Rivalry games. Big games, Cup yeah. On the line. Games yeah. that, like, you know, you can feel games that energy... Matter. In no the matter stadium. what. Yeah. Really. And one in the last six. Do you think it's a mentality thing? Yeah, I guess, you know, I don't know. Is the team, what is it fighting for, I guess? Yeah, is, or is who, who who is fighting? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, lo- like, looking back seasons past, right, we had fight a couple of fighters I can think of. Some of them fought too much, like Barry Robson and yeah. Kenny Miller. But like Tybert, though he, I think he a player who cares. He he cares a lot. Like whenever he plays against Seattle, he you know yeah. There's that fantastic you know where he's getting in the face of Clint Dempsey. Like yeah, that's how many players would actually do that. That's what you want. Yeah, you know. I guess Suarez would do it, but he gets sent off. But he would get sent off. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've actually had some very good questions about uh, sending off and things like that. It's actually probably a good time to go to our questions now. Caleb Wilkins has several questions and okay. we'll we'll address them as one bunch because a okay. lot of them were a lot of them were um, grouped together we'll start with uh, gareth wolf he mm-hmm. says how would you personally cope with reyna's absence if you were coaching the team like in tactics and things like that maybe push felipe higher up that was the more very popular i think opinion. that's i think that's a a reasonable or thing to do. how about mosquito i think mosquito you know, Reyna kind of functions as a second striker, but he def- definitely drops the drops drops deeper, mm-hmm. and his passing is. I think Felipe's passing is much better than Mosquitas. Yeah, but Felipe's and closing down is a lot worse than, than Mosquitas. Yeah. So I guess the question is: Are you trying to prevent distribution? Yeah. From the Seattle back line, or are you trying to get something mm. offensive going? Well, if you look at, but Matt, I would look. You- at how good Seattle are at moving the ball around, and I would question the mosquitoes' capability. Mosquitoes' capability of being able to 
put pressure on that. I, I can see that, but you have to look at matchups too, right? If Mosquita is in that number 10 position or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, um, behind the striker, his matchup would be Alonso, mm-hmm. right? So do you want someone matching up against Alonso who is there to close down Alonso or is there to actually try and stretch Alonso and try and... Mm-hmm. Like, Felipe versus Alonso is a battle of the, like, MLS bad men, you know? Like, who doesn't want to see that? I, you, know, that's, <laughs> you know, that might actually be a legitimate reason to play Felipe in that position. And he's previously, in his previous clubs, that's been his spot, right? In mm-hmm. a 4-2-3-1. Yeah. It's kind of different to the 4-4-1-1. Four, four, one, one. Like, yeah. very slightly different, but still different. So, it could be interesting. It could be a relevation. That could be where Felipe mm-hmm. finally kind of seems to settle mm-hmm. in. And it would mean that we can play... Tybert in his best, best position. position. Yeah. Um. So that's due to Reyna's um yellow card accumulation suspension. Yeah. Untimely yellow yeah, card. That is accumulation a, suspension. Well, he's been playing so well. I can't really fault him. Yeah. For that. Um. We've had. So let's get to Gareth's. Uh, oh, sorry. It was Gareth Wolf who answered all those questions. <laughs> or who gave all those questions? So it, this is how this started. Let me explain. Caleb Wilkins said. Um, given that Robbo often starts players in games that are meaningful to them, so bracket against old teams in their hometown, etc. I didn't actually, I haven't actually noticed that, but mm-hmm. maybe, maybe Caleb's been observing Watching that. Watching the tapes more than you. Yeah, he says, is Juarez a lock on to start on Mexican Independence Day? If so, is he? How likely is he to be sent off? I don't think Juarez I will start. I do but if, not. I think if Juarez starts. Putting up a white flag. It's basically saying, yeah, send yeah. off a person. Yeah. Gareth Wolf then followed up with these two questions. So given that Robbo often starts players in meaningful games, is Waston a lock-on to start on Costa Rican Independence Day? And uh, when is Costa Rican? It's uh, the 15th. Okay. Um, is is, Domingue, is Dominguez a lock to start for El Salvadorian Independence Day? <sighs> and how likely is he to score an own goal? I, I, I think Waston. Pretty sure just, these were tongue in cheek. You just play the the player that yeah. you, the best player. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know how much stock Robo puts into like Independence Days. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, St. Patrick's Day would be a fun game if we still had Andy O'Brien. Um, Rituro asks what what has to go wrong or right for each team for the Whitecaps to bring up three points. I think the midfield for Seattle needs to seriously be dysfunctional for the Whitecaps to win that battle. But I just don't see them being dysfunctional because they're... So Every team's capable of off games. I honestly think if we could get a goal from a set piece or a corner, mm-hmm. that would probably be Seattle's little weakness. Yeah. I think we have a little bit of an edge in that respect. Um, moving on to, like, kind of on the same, like, uh, discussion point, mm-hmm. what formation do you think would best bring out the style that you're kind of pushing for. Mm. Because Seattle does like to like pass a lot, mm. maybe seed possession to them, sit deeper, hit the wings. Okay. You know? So you free up your wingers a little bit? Free up your wingers a little bit. A four yeah. two three one could be a good option yeah, for that then. I think so. Just kind of directly matching what yeah. um Seattle is doing. Yeah. Um this is like it's kind of a weird game because you kind of need to go and win the game. Oh yeah, they definitely a hundred percent. They need a result. But would you put it past Robbo to go settle for a draw? I maybe he would settle for a draw, but I don't think a draw. The draw doesn't put you. You need to be as much as you can in your own driver's seat and in control of your own life. Well, we said <laughs> that we said that about last year's yeah. playoffs, right? Yeah. Um, the first leg, uh, tie. 
down in the states. Yeah, they just played for, for a nil nil. But this, but this right now is different because this isn't a playoff tie. This is a game where other teams' results have yeah. a huge influence. Yeah. So I think you actually have to be like, well, if we can win, we can be in a much better position. Yeah. I, I than think if we're in a draw. I agree with you completely, but I think if we do see Robo settling for a draw, we'll have learned something about Robo. Mm-hmm. Right, like I'll leave that at that. But like, how much does he? But then, how much is he motivated to get to the playoffs? You know. Yeah. So I I don't know. I think it's it'll be think, interesting to see. Do you think? Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of rumors, you know. Yeah, there's too many rumors. rumors it's not good for the team, right? Yeah. But like, you can't help but look at body language and then look back at a rumor that you hear. Yeah. And see how they line up, right? Yeah, but it's a it's a bit speculation. Absolutely, absolutely. But this is going to be concrete actions yeah so we will learn from those way more than a tweet from someone right caps have to go all out then is that what we i think they have to go all out but at the same time they have to be smart because if they try and go toe for toe yeah they're gonna lose they will exactly i think if they try to do that they would they would get ripped apart so it's a 4-2-3-1 where they try and be clever or a 4-4-2 where they just keep going direct yeah and reina is such a huge part of that 4-4-2 that i think that this game could see a formation switch switch. yeah he's the key almost to that 4-4-2 yeah he really makes it hum because if they can get the ball to reina he can pass yeah he can dribble he can shoot he's fantastic yeah yeah it's really it's really unfortunate that he had has that yellow card accumulation but honestly i almost at this point don't do I blame the players for their discipline issues? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> well, Reyna in particular. Yeah. I guess he's not the worst. He's really. definitely not the worst defender. No. You know. But, like, he, he's picked up five yellow cards in 20-something games. games. Yeah. I can't really blame him too no. much, right? The red cards are more annoying. <laughs> yes. So the game plan, we think, is to try and get something going on the wings. Yeah. Uh, so Davies is obviously a huge part of that. Yes. And it's a home game, so according to our theory, it should be Tachera yeah. on the other wing. Davies and like, if if we if we are playing a low block, right? Mm-hmm. As Seattle, how can you not have a plan to contain Davies even when you have the ball? Do you see? Do you understand what I mean? I think maybe they're more confident. I think what Seattle would be confident doing is simply. Going out there, playing their playing their game, yeah. Play their game. Don't worry about Davies because yeah. on it, like, let's be real. He does get chances, yeah. Right, um, but it's a question of how many chances are you going to give up to him that he can convert. Mm-hmm. At this point, the Whitecap season, how many positions on the field are up for grabs on the, this weekend? Up for grabs, yeah. Um, if I was coaching. I think, you know, Tachera's spot, that, that side of the field is definitely not um, yeah. solidified, yeah. as it were. But I feel like the DM pairing... You it's know, pretty settled. Gazal did play, Gazal did play um, for Egypt on his yes. international trip. Yeah. Like, you yeah, can't help but wonder, mm-hmm. are any of those players not going to be able to not, yeah. not play the full game or not start or something? Yeah, but I, I think you really have to throw the kitchen sink at this. Yeah, like you have to. But if if you look at it from a co- coach's point of view, right? You have Juarez who's been rested all week, and you have Gazal and Tybert who've just been away on international duty. Yeah, can you see the logic behind why Juarez would start? I can see why Juarez would start, but I feel you're just asking for a discipline problem. 
at yeah. this point. Like, but he's been on the bench. Like, is it too optimistic to think he's yeah, learned his lesson? Then it could also have gone. It could also completely backfire. Yep. You know, because you've been on the bench so long. Well, the, the Caps are in this position where they're doing this math all the time to if they can make the playoffs because of partially a discipline problem, problem. right? Yeah. I don't know. So it's, it's not really it, gone away, has it? Like, mm-hmm. there's been a bit while since a red card. But like, it's been a while since a red card. So, like, if you put Juarez out there, it does. And the other thing as well is if you look at what Juarez brings to the field compared to other people, mm-hmm. you know, other people are doing a much better job at it. Yeah. Um, the fullback positions, we think they're uh, in. They're pretty much locked down. I actually think it's um, Nerwinski for sure. Yeah, but on the left we have two good players. <laughs> yeah. Levi's and DeYoung, like, who do you pick for that? I would say go with Levi's. Yeah, me too. But DeYoung um, hasn't really done anything to lose that De Jong position. DeYoung hasn't done anything to do lose that position. That is true, for sure. Um, but I think Levi's has been much better defensively, and he also offers a lot more going forward now as yeah. well. So I think... I think the one part of his game he needs to work on is delivery. That's yeah. the one that one part that he's lagging behind Diong. But Diong is a great great player. Like, but I think he's less solid defensively. And Le- Levi's is more agile as yeah. well. Um, yeah, I think I agree. Uh, Levi's in goal. Do you think the team has enough character to win the game? Oh, <laughs> this is a, a character game, right? Like, this is a that's a good question. This mean, is a stand up and be counted game. Based off of the past history, you know, I would almost want to say no because one out of six games you've won against Seattle yeah in in the past history and you're coming up against a team that's won eight in a row and granted you've been doing well but you've not been winning eight in a row but maybe that's the point maybe Seattle comes in overconfident a little bit cocky and then they get caught I think that's being wishful (laughs) like they've won eight in a row you know like it's but there's always a little bit of luck with winning any streaks yeah so if their luck decides to run out that game hey yeah depends how the ball bounces yeah um before we kind of finish up on the whitecaps chat uh kind of a a interesting question if you had to pick like let's say three players Mm -hmm. um that annoy you the most while you watch (laughs) the whitecaps um and like you can get particular about it right like for Mm -hmm. me like my first one would be i don't like it when kamara drops too deep to get like get a touch the ball and then we have mm-hmm. no one in the box to aim our crosses at right mm-hmm. um what, what do you think any anything you can think of well firstly Juarez. <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> but then i would say you know sometimes i would like to see actually tybert has gotten better at doing more forward passes and more like you know defense splitting passes and he's made more attempts to do that yeah but I'd like to honestly see a little bit more from him because, mm-hmm. like, we've seen some pretty good passes from him, um, like over the top, going yeah. pretty direct. So, keep yeah. doing that. You know, um, anyone else in the back line? Anything? Um, in the back line, sometimes Mont or uh, Henry turns into trouble. I don't like that. Like yeah. he chooses to turn onto his stronger foot, even though there's someone closing down his stronger foot. But that's kind of a nitpicking kind of a thing. No, but that's that's a good example. Yeah. I mean, like, I would also question his mentality a little bit, maybe. Yeah, that outburst kind of put things into perspective. perspective yeah. Um, but he's, I mean, but then I would question a lot of 
the mentality yeah. that's going around yeah. right now. It's hard to pick on just one, one, one Yeah, guy. there's a lot of off-the-field drama, yeah. I guess. All right, well, it's going to be a nervous game, I think. Um, so let's move on to the next section. Last mm-hmm. week, or two weeks ago when we recorded, I guess, um, we made predictions on the San Jose game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did not get anything right. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> you said Davies would have two assists, Gazelle would have 12 tackles, and Hosen would score a goal. None of those happened. I said that Wando would score a goal because I'm sentimental. Uh, Waston yellow card is usually take it to the bank, but that didn't happen. And Davies didn't get an assist. He got a goal. So I think I should get some kind of a point. No. I'm no. Um, yeah, the season standings are 16 for me, 11 for Yuhu, and 10 for Gideon. Okay. All right, let's get your predictions for this week. So I think this week Davies will have a goal. Okay. I think if there's one player who I would say could rise to the occasion, I think he can. Okay. I think Waston is going to have five headers. Headed clearances or Headed just headers? clearances. Okay. Um, and then Alonzo, I think, will have 15 tackles. All right. Um, I'm going to go for a goal after the 90th minute. Okay. So it doesn't matter who, but a goal after the 90th minute. That's a, that's a nice shout out. Mm-hmm. A yellow card for Russell Tybert and an assist for Nicholas Ladero. So pretty confident on most of those things okay. happening. And knowing my luck, the, ni- the goal after the 90th minute will be a Seattle winner <laughs> or something like that. No, it'll happen in the 89th minute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. Oh, man, that would be funny. Um, Nick, where can people hurl their abuse to you on Twitter? Um, at SpaceAgeRobot56. And you can find me at JoeDCVan. Guys, people, it's not going to get easier. Like Life is hard. Life is hard sometimes. <laughs> you just got to soldier on, much like in Coach Carter. You know, If you don't do your homework, you can't play basketball. Yeah. It's that simple. Right. Thank you very much for listening to episode 297 of the AFT Ed podcast. Enjoy the game. One day I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine.